Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica! What's popping? What's happening? How are you really feeling? But on a serious note, friend, like, let's do like a little mental health check-in. Like, how are you really? Okay. Okay, that's a loaded question. Um, (laughs) I am actually out here struggling, okay? I've been in a really, like, depressed state for a couple of weeks and I just really I mean I know partially where it's coming from but I've just never really been this down and sad type of person I've been really just dealing with a lot of change and transition which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to so one of the things that I can share that that's really been helping me like just kind of change my mindset and change my negative thoughts to positive thoughts is a social media detox. So what I've been doing is I literally have removed um, all of the social media apps that I'm on from my phone for a certain period of time. I'm trying to do it for 21 days. Y'all it's really, really hard. Cause I mean, I'd be (laughs) bored up in here. So I removed, I removed it. But within those 21 days, I'm also trying to do a fast, like a spiritual fast. So instead of me spending all of these hours on Instagram, I'm really trying to like get into my word and figure out what God want me to do. Cause he obviously trying to get my attention. So I've been doing that to like occupy my time I've been watching like feel good shows like I'm I've got hooked on a different world um and then y'all I signed up for kickboxing y'all because I need some exercise so y'all pray for me because I start on it ain't no joke I can Um, tell you that and just (laughs) and because we are like um you know stuck inside I've been trying to cook more healthy meals because also honestly when you haven't been eating right or exercising that takes a toll on your mental health too so that would be my check-in what about you how are you feeling how are you doing so first and foremost friend thank you for sharing and thank you for being honest um because I think like a lot of people can relate to this because relate to you um and what you're going through because I feel like just with the pandemic like none of us have experienced experience this you know and just being like in our homes <laughs> and not being able to get out and do and have mm-hmm. outlets that we want to that's a lot so thank you for just being open and honest friend um yeah. for me you know overall I've been a really um I've been pretty good um I honestly just kind of came out of my funk um and I have been doing pretty good actually and I'm so grateful for that so great so good in fact that my therapist tried to release me and I thought "Ah, ah, ah, I'm not ready (laughs) not yet (laughs) not gonna release me um but I have been doing a lot better I think for me um I still kind of you know I started my new job and so far you know just I have been having so much anxiety around my new job because I want to overperform and I want to do well so I have been experiencing imposter syndrome and 
I think for me, it's just like I've been questioning, am I good enough to do this? Will I do a good job? Will I be able to show up? Will I be successful? And I had to remind myself the other day, like Shelby, you would not have been hired if they didn't think that you could get the job. You belong at this job. You belong in this role and you're going to kick its ass, but you have to believe that you belong in the room in order to be successful. So overall, um, yeah. I'm doing really good um, for the most part, as good as can be in a pandemic. I am, you know, just trying to settle into my new job. I am trying to find activities, you know, to do in the house. I'm trying to stay connected, you know, to my friends, to you all, because I miss you all so, so much. Um, and that's hard because, especially you, Erica, because people, if you don't know, me and Erica probably used to be together more than that was probably healthy. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's, yeah. it's been a big transition and we're laughing, but it's been a big transition. But like me and Erica used to be together all the time. Like it was to the point that like her family, my family, my family, her family, like we're there now. Like Erica's my friend forever. If she get mad at me, she got to just slip it off because I'm texting her the next day. But Overall, you know, I think I'm doing pretty good. I'm just trying to stay prayed up. I'm really just trying to kind of like you. Um, I'm trying to be intentional about being healthy mentally and emotionally. Um, because it was really hard for me to dig myself out of that hole. Um, so I am really, really just trying, you know, just to do that. And I think kind of just piggybacking on what you said, like I've just been watching like a lot of shows that make me happy, like this probably sounds weird, but I watch some, a lot of times I watch a lot of stuff that doesn't require a lot of brain cells, like, or stuff that's just not going to be traumatic. <laughs> so I watch like a lot of cartoons or YouTube or old shows. Like I'm binge watching Living Single now or just like romantic movies on Hallmark. Mm -hmm. But overall, I'm blessed. Um, I'm hanging in there. I'm doing the best that I can. And I hope that everybody listening is doing the best that they can too. And I think... Yeah, overall, we trying. We're doing what we can do, friend. And that's all that matters. <laughs> yes, I think it's important for us to keep having these mental health check-ins from time to time. How they always say, check on your but strong But no, really, friends. check on them. Um, Shelby had text. Shelby had texted me earlier this week. She was like, you were just on my mind. Is everything okay? I'm like, actually, girl, I'm not. But thank you for reaching out to me. Like, how do you know that? <laughs> so um, it really is important. Check on your strong friends. So um, on a lighter note, well, I don't know if this would be lighter or not, but um, we're going to go into our dating and relationship segment. Um, today, Shelby, we are going to talk about the single season okay. okay so Shelby how are you taking advantage of your single season and like what are you doing during this time are you using this time to reflect you know um and also just name one lesson that you have learned in the past um from one of your dating or relationship situations yeah so for me how am I taking advantage of my single season I would say by not so okay let me say it like this so obviously I know that I'm single and I think about being single sometimes but I'm not pitying myself for being single if that makes sense like I'm not pitying myself for it and I'm not sad about it like I am literally trying to live my life to the fullest and being single so for me um 
just kind of a little background. So I'm from a, like a small town in East Texas. And if you know anything about a small town, you know that pretty much what a lot of people do at a young age is they get married and they have babies. Ask me, am I married? Ask me, do I have babies? The question is no. And so at first I was just kind of like, man, like I don't got babies. I don't got kids. Like, oh, like I'm messing up. But I sat there and I realized one day, like there's nothing wrong with me being single. In fact, I'm actually enjoying being single right now because I honestly am not in a huge hurry to get married and to have babies. Because when I get married and have babies, like I'm not going to have this leisure time to do what I want, to go where I want and to live my life how I want. So for me, I think I'm taking advantage of my single season is First and foremost, by continuing to live my life, by not waiting on a man, by not pitying myself, and by not missing out on things. I think it's really important to live your life and to do things that make you happy, do things that bring you contentment, peace, um, and that you enjoy doing. I'm one of those people, and you can ask Erica, I don't think that you have to wait on a man to do things that you enjoy or to take trips that you enjoy taking. I think sometimes that they can even be more fun. Um, So for me, I think I'm just really taking advantage of my single time, doing the things that I want to do, but also just preparing myself and trying to become the type of person um, that is able to receive the type of love that I want to receive. You know, so I guess definitely during this time, I am strengthening my relationship with God. I am working on building and growing my corporate career because your girl wants to make six figures in a couple years or more. Um, I am allowing myself to be creative and just create, you know, different things, different avenues. I'm writing. I'm enjoying my friends. I'm loving on them. I'm hanging out with them when I can. I'm celebrating their wins. Um, And just, you know, spending time with my family um, and making plans for my future and different things like that. So I think for me in my single season, I'm not just sitting idle, sad about being single. Like I'm being an active participant in my single life because I know for me, probably whenever I do meet somebody and I do settle down, I want to look back on my single season and know that I enjoyed it and know that I lived life to the fullest. I don't know about you, but I have family members tell me all the time, take your time because it is going to be a whole different situation. I think for me, um, I have been reflecting in this season. Um, and being single is one of the things that I actually talked to my therapist about. Because I feel like in the past, I used to be single and I would be sad or I would want somebody. But I feel like for the first time in my life, I'm actually really content on my own. I'm happy on my own and I'm whole on my own. And I think that's really important for single women to be that way so when somebody comes into your life you can have discernment on if the devil sent him or if god sent him if that makes sense but what about you friend how are you yeah i um i would say that i'm trying to 
pivot my thinking because I have been single for a long time and because kind of like what you were explaining with you being in a small town and that's kind of what people um, that you've grown up around do is get married, have fam- have a family. For me, it's me being at that age of approaching my mid-30s and it's kind of like, okay, um, what are we doing, right. God? Uh, <laughs> so I've never really been the type of person up until now to really like start kind of getting a little like nervous about it. And I really had to check myself and center myself back to trying to understand what am I supposed to learn in this single season? Because if God knows the desire of my heart to be in a relationship or to be married, then that's what's going, that's what he would bless me with. So for me, I'm just using this time to continue to work on myself because Honestly, you know, how I, the state that I'm in right now, like my future husband, he can't meet me like this. I'm a high mess right now. If he came and knock on my door right now, girl, I would run and hide. Like, no, you cannot meet me right now. <laughs> so I am trying to use this time as a blessing. I'm trying to figure out what I really want out of life, What I, setting some, some goals that, you know, make me feel my best or look my best, you know, drop a few pounds, get this skin all the way right. clear, like doing things that are really healthy for my mental state because I don't want to ever meet somebody and not be ready. I've been hollering time. I'm ready. I'm ready. But then I meet someone and then I'm hindering him because I'm not ready for what he's ready for. So for me, I also want to, well, I've already made like some goals for this year, obviously, but making some goals for myself, like a one year goal or a two year goal. Um, Cause normally we do like, what's your five year plan? What's your 10 year plan? Like making shorter um, time frame goals and focusing on that instead of focusing on what I don't have. And I'm going to be real with you, us being snowed in for those couple of weeks and it been Valentine's, you ain't got no Valentine and you in a whole <laughs> panoramic. It's just it a lot. So <laughs> So I just have to, I would suggest um, to anybody that's also in their single season is to take advantage of this time. This is what it's for. Like Shelby said, when you get that husband and when you get those children, you're not going to have all this time to yourself. So make sure you use that time because then you're going to be sitting there rocking your baby like, dang, I remember when I was just (laughs) sitting on my couch. (laughs) Um, But in reflection, I'd also use this time to just like learn lessons. Cause I'll tell you one thing, if you don't learn a lesson, God's going to send it to you again and you're going to learn it again until you learn it. So my, one of my lessons would be, or that I've learned is to stop giving all of myself to a person that's giving me the bare minimum. I am such a giving person. I see the good in everybody. I, you know, want to help everyone. I have a you know, a pure heart, but that does not always work out when it's someone who is barely doing the things that you deserve and you giving all of yourself. Don't do that no more, girl. Don't. And then another thing I would say, well, I'm actually proud of something that I've been sticking to, but that I will continue to do is call out the red flags. If nothing changes, then I got a dip. Now there's been times where I called out the red flags, but then I didn't, I didn't, I didn't leave. I stayed, even though I called it out and I stayed, it was like I was tolerating it. So next time I'm going to call them red flags out. And if you're not, you know, doing anything to change it, I'm dipping on you. And then the last thing I would say in reflection is to just never question myself again. There's been situations where I ended and I ended up questioning 
who I was and questioning why wasn't I good enough for this person? Why didn't it work out? And I had to remind myself, like, God blessed me with everything that I am, everything that I have. And so if someone treats me like I'm not good enough for them or that they can find better, then bye. And they can take that up with God. Like, I will no longer do that. So those would be my main three um, things that I've been reflecting on while I'm single. Um, So, yeah. I would definitely say in reflecting in my single season, some things or some takeaways that I've learned uh, or lessons that I've learned and that I'm going to take with me into the future, into my next relationship is that I am worthy and I deserve the type of love that I give. And I think for me, like in dating and getting to know somebody and different things like that, when you don't date somebody that you're equally yoked with, sometimes you tend to feel like you're not enough or you're not worthy or you're asking for too much when in reality you are worthy when in reality you are enough and you're not asking too much but you're not with somebody that deserves your spirit your soul or you and I think for me I had to learn that I have to be with somebody that makes me feel loved and worthy and enough and I think sometimes as women you know a lot of times people try to put us on these biological clocks. You got to be married by this age. You got to have kids by this age. You got to meet this milestone by this age. You got to graduate college by this age. But when, when in reality, there is more than one way to live life. You know what I mean? And I think that what I've learned is that like people can be good people overall. And a guy can be a good guy. But that does not mean that that's your guy and I think that a lot of times I have given I have given up feeling special or wanted or needed or how I want to feel like all mushy and gushy in the inside because I realized I'm actually like a huge romantic type of person like I want a man that is romantic and that he's thoughtful and that he's kind and he's caring but I don't tend to date those type of men and I think for me when I don't date those type of men or different things like that, then that makes me feel less than. So for me, I've learned that I need to stick to my boundaries and my standards and be willing to walk away if somebody isn't giving me what I need. And, you know, and they're not rising up to be my standards and my expectations. I'll say this again, and I will say it forever. And this is a hill that I'm willing to die on. A man can be a good person overall. He can be great on paper. He can even treat you good. But that does not mean that that is your person. You are deserving of the type of love that you are going to give. I feel like if you're a super loving person, then you deserve somebody that's going to be super loving back. If you're a romantic person, you deserve somebody that's going to be romantic back. I don't think that there's anything wrong with having high standards. I think as long as you can reciprocate what you're asking for, then there's no problem. So for me, I've really learned that I have to be willing to stand firm in my standards and expectations and walk away from things that do not serve me. Because if I stay, then I am allowing myself to just be in a situation or relationship that's not going to make me happy and that I'm going to grow to resent. I think that men treat you how you allow it. Men are going to treat you how you let them treat you. Like you treat a man how to treat you. So for me, I just really learned in this season that I just have to be firm in what I want and what I need and be willing to walk away. And, you know, knowing that I'm not enough. But also I think that I learned in this season that it's okay to speak up and 
communicate with your partner. Like if your partner is not communicating with you or he's not being open and honest with you or he's not making it a safe space for you to talk, like if you feel on edge or you feel scared to talk to him about things or to bring things up, then that's not a person that you should be with. Like your partner should be your safe pace. Your partner should be, you know, somebody that you can fight in and somebody that you can trust and somebody that you can have a healthy dialogue with. And I think for me, those two things were very important to me or are very important to me because those are not things that I was getting and receiving. And when I sat down and I peeled back the layers in therapy and I peeled back the layers in journaling and just in thinking and thought, it made me realize like, Shelby, you're not getting what you need because you're not making it apparent and you're not standing on it. So I think for me in my single season, that has allowed me to first and foremost, learn all that. So, and I think when I learned that and I realized it, it has made me more open to dating and to receiving the love that I want to someday. Yeah. And you just made me think of something. Um, one of the questions that I actually cannot stand being asked is why Girl. are you single? And I, because I just don't know how to answer that question. But uh, another thing is that you know, what I really want to say is like, I don't know. I just ain't found the right man. Like nobody's, nobody wants to be serious. Like that's what my first initial right. thing is. But really, it may, it also made me reflect on, I have been around some of my girlfriends that are also in their mid um, 30s and they're single. And I've, they've, they've been through a lot of BS too with men. And then I would notice that they would engage in like neg- negative conversations talking about all oh, men are trash, like all of this stuff. And I was like, men are not trash. All right. men are not trash. It's the men that we are choosing it's that true. are trash. Like, what is it about us that we are choosing these type of men, continuously choosing. And like I said at the beginning of this segment, I said, if you don't learn your lesson, God is going to continue to send you that lesson. And so if you honestly think about it, when you're dating someone, you are the common denominator. I'm not saying that you are the reason why it didn't work, but I'm saying there is something that you have to learn about the things that you've contributed to that relationship. Okay, so there's something within you that you can improve on. And so I think that that's another reason why we should take advantage of the single season, because we're not all we're not always the victim here. Okay, (laughs) we're not some things. There's some things that we need to work on um, ourselves. So that's all. And I I would just add. add to that. I think we have to change. I think you said this earlier, like we really have to change the narrative of being single. Like being single isn't a bad thing. I think being single is a time for you to do the inner work in order to be open to receive the type of love and the type of relationship that you want. Because if you don't do the work during your single season, then you're going to go into another situation not healed. You're going to go into another situation with trauma. And if you're not healed and you haven't dealt with the stuff from the previous relationship or the previous guy, then you may be um, essentially hindering your next relationship because I don't think that if you go into another relationship and you're not healed and you didn't do the inner work, it's not that other person's job to be patient and to heal you. It's your job to it's your job to heal you, not the other person's. And I think it's unfair to that other person if 
you're not all in. And in order to be all in, you got to let the negativity go. You got to let the negative stereotypes go. You got to let go of the things that you did wrong. I think that you have to be honest about where you messed up. I think you have to be honest about what you could have did better. I think you have to be honest with yourself and really ask yourself some tough questions. Because for me, when I go into another relationship or I date somebody new, I want to start out on a clean slate because I know I want to know that I did the work to get the person that I deserve you know right yeah I was just about to say (laughs) preach (laughs) because it's that's the main key for single seasons is to heal heal from your past hurts traumas and pains from some other person that did not deserve you at the end of the day um so let's keep it moving um to our next segment which is the journey this is where Shelby and I talk about um our brand all things melanin and maybe giving some tips or just discussing some things that we've learned as we're building um our brand so today Shelby let's talk about how we choose what sponsorships or collaborations are right for us so specifically like let's discuss what criteria um have we set for our brand and why it's important to actually have these guidelines in place right so um before we kind of get into that so erica and i were getting started to get emails i would definitely say about in the past year more and more emails about doing um collaboration sponsorships and different things like that but a lot of the things that were coming to us did not make sense or things that we didn't want to do or things that we were like i don't know what do you think um, is this good? Is this not good? Da, da, da. So basically, long story short, it was taking up a lot of our time. <laughs> and so what we essentially decided to do, we scheduled a meeting where we specifically talked about, okay, what are the guidelines for collabs um, and sponsorships or just, you know, partnerships that are going to make sense for us? So we sat down and we asked all these questions of each other and we were totally honest, open and transparent about you know, what we thought those guidelines should be. And first and foremost, we said that it has to make sense. Like it has to align with who we are and who our brand is. Like we don't want to do anything or be a part of anything that someone would look at and be like, that's not even them. Like that's not our goal. So first thing, so what type of brands and products we want to be aligned with? So one of the things, so some of the things that we said is like, we want to be aligned with products and brands that represent women of color like that amplify our voices that we feel seen and heard that we would you know just support in general like we're not going to support a brand that we wouldn't support like if it was just us like we said okay we're going to be honest and true to ourselves so any brand that supports women of color that amplifies our voices that is consistent in representing us is consistent in speaking up with us is consistent in showcasing you know people like us that's something that we would definitely want to be a part of but also we said okay also things that we already use or that we already like for instance me and erica are really into purse earrings shoes sunglasses different things like that so if a partnership like that came along that would make sense for us versus like if a partnership for fitness came around that's not gonna make sense for us because we ain't in the gym every single day I mean we should be but we're not like that's just not our personality so essentially we have to be you know true to ourselves and different things like that so friend like what type of brand do you know we consider ourselves 
Yeah, I think that's an, definitely another part. Probably one of the most uh, important criteria is figuring out what type right. of brand we are, or what we consider ourselves to be, what bucket do we quote unquote put ourselves in. And so we've always claimed to be a lifestyle brand. Um, so that includes, because we talk about dating relationships, faith, career, friendships, traveling, fashion. So all in all, it would be a lifestyle brand. So um, I think, I, I can't remember, uh, it was one of our recent brands, I mean, recent brand pitches that were sent to us. And it wasn't anything about a lifestyle or at all. I can't even remember what it was, but it was like, um, you know, we're, it was one of our first ones that we got um, sent to us. So it was like really exciting that somebody wanted to collaborate with us, but we were like, okay, this doesn't make sense. And like Shelby mentioned earlier, we don't ever want to just be doing it. And it has nothing to do with what we are as a brand. So uh, the main thing is just always stay like authentic to the type of brand that you are, no matter if you're excited because it's your first pitch or, or somebody wants to collab with you or not, like make sure that it's really authentic to what type of brand. Another thing would be it to ask yourselves or that we ask ourselves within our criteria is what type of brands or products do we want to actually avoid? So um, like we were just kind of mentioned, like if this brand doesn't represent women, women of color, for example, since we already identified that obviously we align with <laughs> representing women of color. An example was this, I think it was a shampoo or something, but it, it was not black hair care. So I mean I know we'd be out here wearing our wig wigs and wigs and weaves, right. but like if it's not a black hair care, we're gonna look kind of crazy um just using that. So um sometimes you also have to make sure that it is legit. So that's one thing too, is making sure within your criteria it's a legit brand. Um and then also we want to avoid um, this brand if we're just too indifferent about it. Like if we were like, yeah, we could or no, nah, right. we don't have to. We need to be 100% sure, right. both of us. Definitely agree. And I think also um, something that's important for us when working with brands or products, um, in order for us to consider working with them, it's really, really important that they fall under kind of our lifestyle brand and what we do. So just to kind of re reiterate, you know, things that we talk about that are relevant to us, you know, in our lifestyle and our daily lives, like love and relationships, dating, faith, career, friendships, travel, food, fashions, like things that we do pursue um, and just kind of takes up our time ordinarily. So if it's a brand that falls within that um, and then the brand itself um, is ethical <laughs> and then the brand itself is legit, mm -hmm. then okay, yeah, now we can talk business. But another thing that's really, really important for us is when working with brands and different things like that is like, do they give us the freedom to create content how we want to or to create content in a way that is truthful and authentic to us? So when you start to get, you know, collabs and different things like that, pretty please with cherries on top read through the contract and read through the fine print because there have been times where me and erica have you know been excited about something we read the fine print and we was like uh -uh, eh, eh, this ain't gonna work so make sure that you're reading through the fine print and also look into like do you like are they gonna have usage rights 
Are you going to be limited from working with other brands that are similar? Like ask questions, like ask the brand questions, but also ask fellow influencers or friends or other people that have been getting sponsorship deals because you don't want to burn yourself. So make sure that when you're working with a brand that you're allowed to create content in a way that is true and authentic you know, to you. Like an example of this would be like Eric and I, we got a collab with a clothing brand. And, you know, one of the things was they were like, okay, like you have to write a blog post, but you can also, you know, post on, you know, social media and different things like that. So anybody that knows me, Erica knows that we love to have a good time. And so a lot of times we will make like these just really like funny or cute like videos of us just dancing, having a good time. So we made like a short video in InShot put some music behind it and put it on TikTok and made a video of us just dancing and showing off our outfits. That was authentic to us because that's something that we do all the time. Like if we cute, if we got our hair done, makeup done, outfit looking good, you're going to see it. And so that's just an example of us creating creating content in a way that's authentic to us. A lot of times brands will have very specific guidelines. So you want to make sure that it makes sense for you because if you put out content and it's not something that's you, your audience is going to be able to tell and they may not support you or go hard for you, um, you know, like you would want them to. Yeah, so we hope these tips like help you guys determine what your criteria is. If you don't already have any set in place, we highly recommend that you write down what your specific guidelines are whenever you get approached for collaboration or sponsorship. Because at the end of the day, you always want to make sure it's aligned with your brand, obviously, so that you won't just kind of look all over the place like you're just taking anybody's (laughs) sponsorship or collaboration. So we hope these helps these tips help you guys. So let's keep it moving to our next segment, which is the mentor moment. So this is when Shelby and I will read um, a listener letter, and then we're going to give our advice on it. So this one's kind of deep. It says, hi, Erica and Shelby, I need your advice on my friendship dilemma. My friend and I have been friends for over 10 years, and lately we have both been going through a lot in our lives. I've been through... um, I have been through hard times and now that I'm, sorry, I can't read you guys. (laughs) I've been through hard times and now that I'm experiencing these hard times, it's hard for me to talk to my friend about it without them comparing their hard times to mine. It bothers me that I feel like I can't share hardships to a friend without feeling like they are trying to compete with my pain. That y'all, that's deep. Um, It has been bothering me so much lately and causing me to resent and pull back from this person. How do I address this? Or is it time for me to just let go? I got a lot to say about this, actually. So I'm going to try to keep this short. (laughs) Um, I think, first and foremost, um, I think that a lot of times people try to compare their pain to your pain to make you feel better or to make you feel understood, but you have to be careful about that because when somebody, for instance, if Erica shares something with me that is deeply troubling to her, and I think this comes with maturity, it's not for me to say, you know, that happened to me as well and this is how I felt. That's not the space for this. Um, So I think 
what you should do is I think that you should have a conversation with your friend and I feel like you should tell her how you feel. I think overall that this will be a very hard conversation to have because obviously you're probably worried about how she's going to take it or how do I say it. But my rule of thumb is, and you can ask Erica this, I feel like as long as you're is you're kind and you're not yelling and being rude and disrespectful and you deliver it in a respectful manner, you're not res- you're not responsible for how they respond. You're only responsible for relaying the information because I think that it's really dangerous to, to hold up these type of feelings because when you hold up these type of feelings and you don't have open, honest conversations, you know, with your friends, then you're eventually going to blow up. And when you blow up, it's not going to be a pretty sight and you may not be able to come back from that. You know what I mean? So I think that you should have a conversation with your friend, but also be open, but also know that the conversation may not go how you want it to. But I think it's really important to tell people how you feel because sometimes people can be very selfish people. And sometimes people don't even know what they're doing or saying. And then sometimes people aren't the type of friend that you are to them. And even though you wouldn't do that to her, she doesn't know any better not to do it to you. So I think in telling her, you are giving her a chance to redeem herself. That's the first thing. The second thing is in how she responds. Now, if you tell your friend how you're feeling and you know how you don't like how she's comparing Um, her hurt to your hurt and how she's not supporting you and different things like that if she responds and she's defensive if she responds and doesn't have any remorse if she responds and doesn't try to fix the issue then I think that you have to reevaluate that friendship and I think that if you think that it's not serving you then it's okay to walk away I think that there are different types of friends in the world And I think that it takes a special type of friend to to understand how to, I don't want to say deal with you because I feel like it's coming off negative. I'm not trying to say it negatively, but I feel like when you're going through life and life hits you, like I'm talking about when life really hits you over the head and you're dealing with hurt and trauma, all these different things like that, it takes a a special type of person to be there for you. And it takes a special type of person to interact with you and to be your friend in a way that people that are successful in doing this with friends that have been hurt tend to be more understanding. They know how to listen and they know when to talk and they know when not to talk and they know just really how to adapt to you so basically I'm saying that they know how to read the room but most people don't listen to understand they listen to respond so I think that this is a case where you really just have to have an open and honest conversation with your friend about how you're feeling and what you would like to happen to go forward but if that does not happen going forward and they cannot understand and they cannot respect your boundaries and they cannot respect what you're asking from them as a friend, I think that you have to reevaluate that friendship and decide if it's something that you want to be a part of. What do you think, friend? Well, first of all, I think that was great advice. Um, So for me, um, I'll start off by kind of playing devil's advocate here. At first, um, when I read this, it's like sometimes people genuinely just don't even realize that this is what they're doing. 
Okay. And so they might actually really think they're being helpful by trying to relate to you on the situation by telling you like what you've been through, kind of like what you mentioned earlier, Shelby. So, but in my experience, that could just be so annoying when you talk to someone and they don't, they didn't, like you just said, they're listening to respond. Because if I can't talk to a close friend about something I'm going through without them trying to one up that, I'm the person who would just stop sharing. And I've actually tried this before and realized that that person didn't even realize that I had stopped sharing what was going on with me. And then they continued to talk about their own problems. And then at that point, I realized that, you know what, maybe I'm just their crutch. And I've also had another friend um, tell me one time that I was like their therapist. I said, no, child. No, no, no. I was like, they got clinically certified people for that. But I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing in my own situation. So there's no way I'm your therapist. But it made me realize that people, my friends were coming to me because one of my strengths is that I'm a good listener. And I will give sound advice if you ask me for it. Sometimes if you don't ask me, I'm still gonna let you know. But I have my own hardships too. So it's like, it's kind of tough when I'm that person for someone, but that person isn't that person for me. So um, I'm just telling you what I did in my situations. I pulled back communication until I figured out like how I wanted to deal with it. So I feel like in this situation to kind of avoid resenting this person, because if you do not talk to this person, you will start to resent them and have all these kind of negative feelings toward them. So to avoid that, obviously talk to them. I mean, and tell them how you feel. You said you've been friends for over 10 years. That is a long time. So they should be understanding, especially if, like I said before, they don't even realize what they're doing, but if nothing changes, then this might just not be the friend you can talk to. So um, that would just be my advice. That's a tough one, but start off with the conversation and just letting that person know how you feel. Yeah. And I think one more thing that I want to add is that like sometimes, and you've touched on it a little bit, friends, sometimes you have to put friends in different categories, you know, like, For me personally, I like to have friends that are all around friends that I can do life with, that I can talk to anything about. But there are a handful of people in my life that I can only talk to certain, I can only talk about certain things for. So for instance, like if you decide that, you know, this person has been in my life for 10 years, you know, I don't want to just completely cut them off. Maybe it's going to have to be one of those things, kind of like what Erica said, like, I can't talk serious. I can't talk about serious things to this friend. And sometimes we do have those friends that we have to put into certain boxes like we can only talk about x y and z with um and that's just how it's gonna be um I've had to do that Erica's had to do that and for me it's not something that I particularly like to do but it's one of those things that like they didn't fulfill what I needed them to do in certain parts of friendship or maybe more serious parts of friendship and so they just have to go in like the little happy box corner where I don't talk about nothing serious and I think it's important to know that sometimes you have to categorize your friends and put them And put them in places in your life that make sense for you and that bring you the most peace and contentment. Because I have said this before and I'm going to keep saying it until I'm blue in the face. You are the most important person in your life. So you need to treat yourself like it. And you have every right to do what you need to do to make sure that you are happy, to make sure that you are content, and to make sure that you are getting what you need out of people and out of situations as well. Amen. So if you have a question that you would want us to answer, please send us an email to allthingsmelanintv at gmail.com 
or slide in our DMs on IG at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore. So our last segment of the day, we're going to leave you with some words of encouragement. This comes from the Bible verse Psalm 139, 13 through 14. It says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So for me, I think this Bible verse is probably one of my favorites, specifically because it talks about how God made you wonderful and he knew who you were in your mother's womb. Like, I don't even think us reading that we really comprehend what that is. He knew you before you existed. He knew you were going to be here. No matter how you got here, he knew you were going to be here and he made you wonderful. And I think that I just I'm glad we're sharing this Bible verse because a lot of us get into um, self-doubt and not feeling good enough or not feeling like we were meant to be here or not feeling like we are wonderful or that we're a mistake. And I just want us to just reiterate the fact that that is not true. Because you were created for a purpose. And so when I personally have to read this often, because sometimes we get lost in the sauce and we don't know why we hear what we doing, what's happening. But this really just speaks to my heart, letting me know that like God has a purpose and a plan for each one of us. And that's why we're here. What does this mean? Yeah. So obviously I agree with everything you said. And the only, I guess, little tidbit that I would add is that just kind of like you, this just reminds me before I was even a thought, before my parents were even born, before their parents were even born, like God had already created me and that he already knew the plans that he was going to have for my life. And this just reminds me that God doesn't make any mistakes. He made me exactly how I was supposed to be. And I said that to say that I think a lot of times, like you said, we have self-doubt. But this just reminds me that God gives us everything that we need to do. He gives us everything that we need within us to accomplish everything that he has set before us. So that's all that I would add. Yes. So on that note, let's leave it on out with a prayer. Um, So everyone bow your heads. If you driving, just sway with it. So. Dear God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, just thanking you for this day. And we pray that everyone listening to this podcast right now feels your love and begins to know how unique they are, how special they are, and that you created them to be wonderful. We ask that you will continue to show how fearfully and wonderfully we are made in your image, God. And we speak against those negative thoughts that deny who you have called us to be. And we thank you for your everlasting love and care. We pray that this day is covered in your grace and your favor. Um, We believe and receive what we have asked for in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the So-Called Oreos podcast, a podcast where Kia, Amari, Rachel, and Janae discuss all the awkwardness, hardship, and hilarity that comes along with society labeling you white on the inside and black on the outside, also known as an Oreo. Trying to mind my business and be black, that's basically about it. Through intimate conversation and candid interviews, we discuss everything from quote-unquote talking white you talk the way which i guess is supposed to be like you talk proper and i usually think black people sound ghetto and uneducated that's yeah, how that's i perceive when you say you. you talk so what, white you, mean you don't speak cubanics traveling while black 
It opened my eyes to a lot of just the small privileges Americans have. And then it also opened my eyes to, as a person of color, how difficult it may be to go to another country. It was just a lot of blatant racism. Dating as a black woman, there's just something about the black woman who just really wants to support and see the black man thrive. And even if I'm not in a relationship with a black man, I'm still like, gonna root for them. I'm still rooting I'm always for gonna root for you. Yeah. I'm always. And a whole lot more. I just love being black. So join us every other Tuesday for intellectual and funny conversations that will make you embrace your inner Oreo. I'm going to light your shit on fire. That's I'm going to tell your mama. What's up? <laughs> what, 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 what if his Roberta, yo, son cheated on me. But you know some mama be like, well, that's what men do, so why are you so Exactly. You know? Old-timey bullshit. I ain't that having it. That is not okay.